Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Ron Rivera walking those comments back a bit today. We're going to get to that in just a second here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Michelle Smallman, joined by Aaron Goldhammer. Hammer, what's up? I was thinking about you today. You have the best last name ever. Thank you. Uh, everybody thinks I'm a Bond villain of some kind. Uh, and or, or they think that it's a radio name, which it is not. You know, <laughs> if I could choose... But it is a pretty cool last name. My wife, when we got married, definitely wanted to become a member of the Gold Hammer family. And I do wonder whether, like, my ancestors back in old Europe were really rich and they yeah. had a bunch of gold hammers. And that's, that's how right. we got the name, the name Gold Hammer. But I, I think the drama, Michelle, we got to start with here today. Um, I mean, look, I, I can't believe how difficult the coaching is here at ESPN Radio. Uh, All of our bosses, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the screaming, the yelling, frankly, I can't take it. I can't handle it. And um, and I I don't know what to do because they might want me to get better, but it actually it's really hurting my feelings. Well, the coaching is of a championship caliber, Aaron. So maybe you need to get on board. Maybe the maybe the message is correct, but the tone is too much for you. I don't know. Maybe you need an Eric Bieniemy in your life. Maybe you need to just be able to embrace it differently. I, I don't know that I can handle it. I want someone to be my best friend. I need someone to tell me at every turn that I'm doing a wonderful job. I need to be pacified, even if I'm on a show that's failing. Like, Michelle, the Washington Commanders, okay, have been horrible. Yes. They brought in Eric Bieniemy to try to change the culture a little bit. <laughs> and I don't it, – it's obvious to me what's going on here, but I, I, I'm, I'm curious if, you're, if you've reached the same conclusion about this that I have. Let's get let's definitely get to our conclusions. But for those who might not have heard the comments yesterday, let's reset a bit. So Ron Rivera, commander's head coach, yesterday made some headlines in discussing their new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy's coaching approach. Bieniemy obviously having a ton of success winning Super Bowls and being the engineer, the architect of that offense with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, trying to do the same thing in Washington with the commanders and Ron Rivera sharing with the media yesterday that some players, some of the young players on the commanders are struggling with the enemy's approach. Here's what he had to say. A lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach and it's the way he does things and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. So, Aaron, what was your reaction, first of all, to Ron Rivera's initial reports? Were you surprised he made this public? Well, yeah, I was surprised he made it public. I thought it was a crazy thing for a head coach to say. Michelle, I think this is all against the backdrop of there is a new owner in Washington, mm-hmm. right? And when a new owner comes in, a new owner wants their coach. Like it just that's the way it works 98% of the time in sports. 
if your team has an ownership change, a coaching change is not far behind. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me like Ron Rivera is looking over his shoulder. Like he's worried that Eric Bieniemy is going to be the next coach of the Washington Commanders. So I think he's already trying to play with the narrative here about, oh, the players don't like him and his style, and this is maybe why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job because, no, 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 no. Like, there are other reasons why Eric Bieniemy hasn't been considered highly enough, and I think I think Ron Rivera did this with his own personal agenda in mind, much more so than what's best for his football team. I was trying to discern if he was laying the groundwork to protect himself if this doesn't go well or if he was trying to send a message to the media to these young players. I'm going to call you out. I'm going to let everybody know that you're having a hard time adapting to this. But either way, I can't really understand the thought process behind it. If you have success this year, a lot of it is going to be because Eric Bieniemy comes in and changes your offense and yeah. provides a spark to a unit that desperately needs it. And if he has success, you're having success. High tides lift all boats. So I was a little bit surprised to see a tenured coach like Ron Rivera, if that was his thought process, be insecure. And the other part about it is, do you really think that if these players are having a hard time adjusting to Eric Bieniemy's tough coaching style that by yep. calling them out in the media that's going to help them that they're right. going to respond well to that. Michelle, it's not Eric Bieniemy's job to be the player's friend. It's his job to be their coach. I'll give you a perfect example. 7th grade science class. I had Mr. Mahoney. Mr. Mahoney was a bad man. Okay. Mr. Mahoney could intimidate you. Wow. Mr. Mahoney had a bit of a temper and Mr. Mahoney knew how to motivate And guess what? I did this star project for Mr. Mahoney that was the thing that I was the most proud of in all my seventh grade. And I knew every star and every constellation. And even still to this day, when it's dark out and I look up at the sky and I see the stars, I think about Mr. Mahoney and how he motivated me to learn and get excited about this, not by being my best friend and patting me on the back, but a little bit by making me afraid that if I didn't deliver at a really high level, that I was going to fail him, that I was going to disappoint him, and that I was going to meet the consequences. If that's coming from an authentic place, to me, maybe I sound like a get-off-my-lawn old-school dude, but I think that is a fine way to coach. If it's you, if it's put on and it's not authentic, it doesn't go over well. But, but Michelle, we've all had that, right? We've all had oh, the yeah. tough coaches and the tough teachers. And then there are those that want to be your friend, and everybody kind of has to have their own style. But this is clearly the way Eric Bieniemy coached Patrick Mahomes. I think it worked okay for him in all the Super Bowls. That's my thought process behind this. Even if Eric Bieniemy comes in and you don't like the tone or you don't like what he's saying, he's got the resume. You don't. Maybe you need to check yourself and adjust to what he's doing because it, it has worked. It has worked for a lot of the best players in the NFL. They have seen the results. They not only have the stats to prove it, they have the hardware to prove it. So maybe if I was feeling a certain type of way and I wasn't used to that intensity or being coached that way, I would have to look in the mirror and say, well, that's a me problem. Maybe I should fall in line with what he's doing. I mean, come on. If you can't deal with a little coaching in training camp, how are you going to deal with Dallas on Sunday night football, right? I mean, you think Eric Bieniemy's is being mean to you at practice. Wait till you see what giant fans are going to be like at MetLife Stadium. So I think this is a cultural issue, and I can't help but tie it to 
the fact that I think Eric Bieniemy's got to be a, got a better chance to be the head coach of the Commanders or whatever they're going to be called now moving forward because I guess they're thinking about a name change again. Um, whatever that team is called, I think Bieniemy's got a better chance to coach it next year than Ron Rivera does to me. Well, let's hear from the Commanders head coach about his comments he made about Eric Bieniemy's coaching style and how players were reacting. He clarified what he was trying to convey yesterday at his presser today. Here's Ron Rivera. I was just trying to convey that we all have our own way of doing things, you know, and 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 it, then neither one's better than the other. I mean, I had you know I had Buddy Ryan riding me for two years. I had Mike Dicker riding me for nine, and it's the way they did things. You know, their approach is completely different from mine. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that we're all different. And we all have our ways. So, do you think that that was clarifying things enough? Uh, it, it that's not what he said. You know. That it, it, like if he misspoke, okay, then say I didn't handle this well and I totally mis- no, that's not what you meant. That's that would be fine if that's what you meant, but it's totally not the way the first bite that we played came off. Agreed. Agreed. To me, he is saying the manner in which Eric Bieniemy is coaching is so intense that players have gone out of their way to come to me to tell me that it's bothering them, that they aren't liking it. Like How how many players really do stuff like that? So much so that a coach feels compelled to tell the media about it. Right, and I, I think that if he was just trying to convey, hey, you know, Eric has a different way of doing things, and I think that's healthy. You know, I think it's good. I can relate it to me. I got coached by Buddy Ryan, you know, or, or Mike Ditka, or what, you know, whatever screaming football coach insert here. Um, but I, I, that's not what he said the first time around. The first time around, he made it sound like Biennemi was kind of crossing a line, didn't he? Like it, it was did. maybe approaching a level of inappropriate, which, you know, I don't know, getting yelled at or cursed at, like, come on, that, that comes with being a football player. That's not over the line. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Let's continue this conversation with our ESPN senior NFL writer, Jason Reed, who joins us now. Jason, thanks so much for the time. What were your reaction? What was your reaction to Ron Rivera's initial comments about how players are receiving Eric Bieniemy's tough coaching style? That it was going to create a mess that they were probably going to have to clean up <laughs> in a couple of days or the next day, and, and it turned out they had to clean it up today, which was the day right after we made the comments. You know, you have to understand the context that everything is viewed at with this is viewed with this organization. This is a team that, since Rivera got there to take over the whole football program, because remember, Rivera just isn't the head coach; he's in charge of the whole football operation. Yeah, there's a general manager and there are other people, but Rivera was given final say when Dan Snyder hired him. So since he's been there in control of everything, they haven't had a winning record. And their overall record is 22-27-1. So when you have a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who no matter what anybody thinks of him, the fact that he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet, he just came for the most successful program in the NFL over the last five years. Five, division cha- five straight division championships since he was the offensive coordinator, five straight AFC conference, conference championship appearances, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins. So to have guys who haven't done anything, complain about him three weeks into camp or two and a half, whatever weeks it is in the camp, what it does is it shows you one of the reasons this team hasn't been able to succeed. Because if Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the league, can say, hey, Eric Bieniemy coaches me hard and we get into it, but look at the results, and these guys are like, we don't like this, there's a problem there. Jason, who's got a better chance to be the head coach of the Commanders in 2024 in your mind right now, Ron Rivera or Eric Bieniemy? 
Well, um, that's a that's a great question. I I would add or other people because mm-hmm. look, the reality of it is, uh, Josh Harris, the, the new owner of the Washington Commanders, he is evaluating this program every day, what he sees. Ron Rivera has not had a winning season in three years when he's been in charge of every football decision. I mean, at least theoretically, he has final say over the football program. So if he doesn't win, most likely he's out. Um, if you, you, know, you want to talk about Biennemi, let's see how the offense performs. I, I don't have high hopes for this, for this offense. Uh, they don't have a – if you don't have a star quarterback in the NFL, you're operating already at, behind the teams that are really going to succeed. Uh, this Howell kid, I don't know how he's going to do. Jacoby Brissett, you know, he's a journeyman. Um, I, you, you look at it, and look, I understand why Eric Bieniemy went to Washington. He needed to try to prove that he could do it out of Andy Reid's shadow. But um, I don't know how this thing is going to work out this year. He's our ESPN senior NFL writer, Jason Reed, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Jason, even if it doesn't pay dividends immediately in year one for Eric Bieniemy in Washington, what sort of measure or tentpole do you think he has to reach in order for him to finally capture that NFL head coaching job? Well, you know, that's the thing about it. Like, look, five straight since he's been the office, since he was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, as I just stated, five straight AFC West division titles, five AFC conference championship games, which which the Chiefs hosted. Three Super Bowl appearances and two wins. I mean, look, there isn't a universe, okay, where if Eric Bieniemy, and I'm just going to say it, if he were white, he would have a job. I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know any other way you can account for the reason that he doesn't. For, and, and the reason I'm saying that is, you look at the NFL. There are 32 jobs, and there are three black head coaches. When you see what he has accomplished. There is not another offensive coordinator in the NFL over the last 10 years who's done what he's done in terms of consecutive seasons, just unparalleled success. And on top of it, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. If his, if his career ended today, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Patrick Mahomes talks about what Eric Bieniemy has done to keep him accountable. Eric Bieniemy, you know, he might rub people the wrong way. Maybe he doesn't interview the greatest in the world, but it's just ridiculous and embarrassment for this league that he has not been given an opportunity because the criteria in this league is if you are an offensive coach and you rise to the level of coordinator and you succeed, you're getting, you're you're most likely getting a job if you are white. Yeah. I mean, if you breathe the same air as Sean McVay, you get a job (laughs) in the NFL the last couple of years. Jason Reed is with us. ESPN senior NFL writer talking about the situation um, in Washington, and and I guess I wonder what what do you think specifically Bienemy did that bothered these players so much, and is is the level of what is and isn't appropriate for an NFL coach? You know, cursing, yelling, screaming. Those are all things I guess I expect to see and hear on a practice field when I go to training camp, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think the best way I can explain this, guys, is that a couple years ago. Um, I was interviewing Patrick Mahomes one-on-one for a book I did. And, you know, I had noticed that when I covered Chief games, like, you know, when you're sitting in the press box, he and Biennemi get into it. Like, I mean, this is not, like, some secret. I mean, they have had some, some serious exchanges. And for the, I was inter- interviewing him for this book, but I, I took it off, you know, the book, and I said to him, hey, you know, what's the deal with UNEB? I mean, w- w- what is the story there? And he explained to me that, like, 
it burns inside of him, Patrick, to want to win. It burns inside of the enemy to want to win. It's like, you know, when guys are competing in a game and they're both the same type of guy in terms of wanting to put it all on the line and give everything they have to win championships, that there's going to be headbutting. There's going to be conflict. But I'll never forget what he said to me when he finished the, the, when we finished the interview. He said, you know, I think the results have been okay. And so, you know, you ask, what did Biennemi do with these guys? Uh, you know, I, I haven't been – I wasn't out of practice to see this, but I've talked to people in the organization, and he rides these guys hard. If, if, the, if the team makes mental mistakes, if the first-team offense makes a mental mistake on consecutive plays, he'll yank them off the field. He gets in guys' faces when they have false starts. He gets in guys' faces when they drop, you know, wide-open passes, when guys miss blocking assignments, when they're not doing the blitz pickup correctly. He gets on them. And, you know, what this, isn't, what this shows me is that there has not been this level of accountability in that organization before he arrived. And, and let me just also say this, and I know I'm probably getting long-winded here. Um, a couple weeks ago, I wrote a piece about the enemy and what was happening. And Jason Wright, who's the team president of the commanders, and he was also a running back in the NFL for seven years, he said these things to me. He said, look, since I've been here, and, he, and I think he's been there now three years or going into his third year, he said to me, since I've been here, there's never been this level of accountability in offense. Like, he gets on guys. Guys are in the film room. Guys are in their playbooks because he gets on them. So, you know, just think about, like, two weeks ago, that's what the team president told me, and then here's where we're at today. And I'm, not, I'm actually not surprised because when you have an organization that has not succeeded – for a very, very long time, and then you bring in someone who's used to championships, there's going to be some conflict. Great insight into Eric Bieniemy and the Washington Commanders from our ESPN senior NFL writer, Jason Reed. Be sure to follow him on social media at ESPN. Jason, thanks so much for the time and the conversation. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, guys. And, Aaron, I think that that is what we're seeing. We're, we're seeing an organization and specifically an offense that has never been held accountable. And all of a sudden you have a championship caliber coach coming in and he's trying to change the culture. Right. And it, that is who Eric Bieniemy is. You know, we had this conversation about authenticity. I think every good coaching staff needs a shoulder to cry on. You know, you have a tough day at practice, you screw up, you're held accountable. Someone in the organization has to be that listening ear, maybe coddle a little bit like, and then you also kind of need the guy that when you have a tough practice is going to get on everybody and really motivate everybody because Eric Bieniemy's job is not to make his players feel good at training camp. Eric Bieniemy's job, and he takes it serious, is to score points for the Washington Commanders regardless of whether his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes or Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, he said that. He said, I'm paraphrasing, but basically the – the approach and the commentary and the coaching, they shouldn't take that personal. I take winning personal. So yeah, he, he's made right. that very clear. You know, I always look at it to now at this point in my life, and maybe I wasn't as as understanding of this when I was younger, Michelle, but now if somebody gets on me who's like my coach or my manager or, you know, even my dad, let's say, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. sometimes happens, like I say to myself, this person is doing this because they love me, because they want me to get better. Correct. Because they believe in me. Otherwise, like what would bother me is if I had sort of one of these hard coaches and they just weren't even looking me in the eye anymore. Then I would think, okay, well, then they don't believe in me anymore. Actually, it's a sign of respect when someone coaches you hard, in my opinion. 
because they're saying to you, I see what you're capable of, and I'm yes. going to make sure you get there. Yes. And they always say to Aaron, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. And if I was in Washington, I'd be like, we have somebody brilliant coming in. I'm going to soak this up like a sponge. I'm going to take every piece of hard coaching and criticism he's got yeah. for me. Shouldn't these young players that are kvetching to Ron Rivera about this be saying, look, we finally have somebody in here who knows how to win. I'm sick of losing. Let's follow in their lead. And also, by the way, it's an offensive problem because the commander defense has been good enough for them to win. Okay. Well, Yeah. Absolutely. You know who is following the lead of a winner? The New York Jets. And we saw it last night in Hard Knocks. I watched episode one. I have some observations. I have some notes on Hard Knocks. We're going to talk about it next. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. Keep it here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's a hard knock life for the Jets. Episode 1 aired last night, and I've got some notes. Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman, Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Aaron Goldhammer is giving me a hard time because I took notes on Hard Knocks last night, and I wrote yep. the notes on my phone, like uh, the classic notes app in your phone. Uh, no. Oh, what? You're groaning. What? This is my old man get off my lawn thing. I hate in a meeting especially. <laughs> like if I'm conducting a meeting and I see people taking notes on their phone, it makes me wonder, are you taking notes on your phone? Are you really texting <laughs> your friend? Are you really looking up the score of the game? What is it that you're really doing on your phone? And then the worst to me is I, I hate when someone's giving a speech and they read their speech oh, yeah. notes off of their phone because it also makes me wonder, like, what is going on on that screen? I am old school. I like a piece of paper. I like a pen. 
Mm-hmm. And I like to write down what I see and then everybody knows like I'm focused, I'm locked in on what it is I'm doing. So I'm with you on taking notes on your phone during a meeting. That feels incredibly rude because everybody knows you're not really taking notes. You're scrolling Instagram or whatever. But totally. last night I only had one sheet of paper left on my notebook here and I needed it for the show today. And so Hard Knocks thought- didn't deserve it? Like, no. Or you couldn't have gotten great. more paper? How many Dwayne Reeds did you walk by? How many Walgreens did you go by on your way over to the studio where you could have gotten a little bit of extra paper? Like this is the last piece of paper on planet Earth that is ever going to exist? Hey, I had a busy day. I didn't have time to stop by all right, all right, So, so let's prior. go. I, I didn't even watch the Hard Knocks last night, which is, is that a fail on my part? Is that poor preparation by Aaron Goldhammer that I've, I've not seen this episode? I used to watch Hard Knocks religiously. And now I'm just kind of, I don't know. I, I decided to watch the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix instead. So, yes, it was a miss by you because I thought episode one was great. And it was a really good insight into the team of the summer. We've been talking about the New York Jets every single day. So I wanted to peek behind the curtain. I wanted to see how how things were going in New York. And not just the press conference when you know that all the lights are on you. And, of course, you know, the cameras are there. And you're going to put on for the cameras a bit. But. They get some stuff. They get some reality in there mixed in with the peacocking that happens when reality cameras are in your face 24-7. But I have to tell you, Aaron, my first note is this. Aaron Rodgers looks so bought in. He looks – I literally wrote, I love Aaron Rodgers. For a guy that's very polarizing and at times unlikable, he can come off as very pompous sometimes, like he's the smartest guy in the room – I don't know if he's like this all the time or if the editors did him a stand-up job, but he came across as the ultimate leader, the ultimate team player, the ultimate hype guy for his own teammates. If he is truly like this... He is exactly what the Jets need. Michelle, are you usually this gullible or just in this particular instance? No, always. I'm pretty gullible. I think that this is – I think that he's got you hooked. I think Aaron Rodgers has you hooked. I think it's easy to say that he's a great teammate in OTAs and training camp when you're not playing against anybody. And I think the real test of his leadership and attitude, which is one of my major questions about the Jets this year, and I think that's judging by his facial expressions in Green Bay last year, I think it's fair. What happens when they lose two in a row? What happens when Garrett Wilson sprains his ankle and he's got to go to a receiver that he hasn't thrown to a bunch of times in practice? What happens when they fall behind by two scores in a game? Like that's, that's when you test whether somebody is a good leader or is all bought in or is there for his teammate, not in a training camp practice when the guy's making X million dollars on, on August 9th. And if I see it from him, I will give him lots of credit, Mm -hmm. but until they hit that little bump of adversity, I I don't know that this is really a fair time to be a, a judge of that. Oh, you don't think the second half of a preseason game where you struggle a bit is enough <laughs> adversity for you to determine if Aaron Rodgers is lit up by Dorian Thompson-Robinson from <laughs> UCLA right. in the Hall of Fame game? That's as much adversity as the Jets are going to face. <laughs> by the way, Michelle also rocking gangrene Jets colors today. Well, it's kind of a tie-dye thing. Oh, okay. Yes, a corner, I'm sorry. A I, could, I couldn't see green. the full. Yeah, because you don't have an NFL team, and now I feel like you're buying in on the Jets. All right, second note. Note, note number two is. Second note in all caps. They are enamored with eight. So not only is he bought in, 
a huge through line of the whole first episode is his mm-hmm. teammates basically foaming at the mouth over this guy. They're like, oh, my God, did you see that pass? Oh, did you see? He's a stud. It's the coaches, the players, the fans chanting his name. This is why I think it's real with him in New York, because he's got everything that he wants. He is the savior. That The fan base is Packed to the gills for practice. Every single player on that team is his hype man. They are buying into everything that he's selling. And unlike Eric Bieniemy coming in in Washington and saying, I've won at a high level, yeah. fall in line. Yeah. Everyone in New York is looking at Aaron Rodgers saying, teach us, show us the way. Whatever you say, we're going to follow you. Michelle, if Zach Wilson was your quarterback last year and Mike White and, you know, uh, then you would also be salivating at the mouth to have a chance to play with a guy that can actually complete a 10-yard out pass. So maybe I'm just being cynical. Um, But again, I wonder how that's going to transfer through adversity. And I also wonder, like, yes, I think Sauce Gardner has Aaron Rodgers' phone number and they're texting each other. And, you know, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers has to be more than just the guy that they're starstruck by, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, and again, I haven't seen it, but, it sort of sounds like that's what you're saying. Like the, all the jets are just like, wow, there he goes. You know, at some point you got to get over that. And at some point he's got to become your teammate. Um, and I think Tom Brady did a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Like when someone new would come into new England very quickly, they would get over the whole, Oh, I'm playing with the greatest quarterback of all time and say, okay, this is my job. I need to focus on it. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that manifests itself in New York. Do you think the fifth receiver on the depth chart has Aaron Rodgers' phone number? I'm sure Garrett Wilson does. Garrett Wilson definitely does. And maybe the fifth receiver does. It just seemed like he did a really good job of moving through the team as a whole Mm -hmm. and hyping people up and just making it seem like he's one of them. He, Even though they're exalting him and putting him on a pedestal in a way, he doesn't receive it that way. He's not waiting. No special treatment. Yeah, no Russell Wilson office. Yeah. No, yeah. he's not. He doesn't have a catchphrase. He wants to win, and he thinks he knows how, and they believe him, and that's great. Another quick observation. You mentioned Garrett Wilson. The Garrett Wilson-Sauce Gardner battles, these two guys are elite, and the fact that they are competing against one another every day. I hate cliches, but the iron sharpens iron thing is so true with these guys. I just think how they're going to elevate one another. When when they get out of the field, they've already practiced against the best that they're going to see, you know, in in a lot of different ways. Far be it for me to evaluate defensive back play in the NFL, especially in a practice. But I have heard people who know a whole lot more than I do, Michelle, say that Sauce Gardner in year two is already the best cornerback in football. Wow. He's unreal. Yeah. you. I, I really look forward for you to see it because I think watching those two, they have such a mutual respect for one another. But again, back to the Eric Bieniemy conversation, they say game, respect, game. I want you to be as hard on me as you would be in a game on somebody else. You're going to yeah. make me better. And they do. So you're telling me that I should see this because you're saying when you see it as if I'm definitely bought in on seeing it. And I get I have other things on the agenda, you know, like for tonight, we're picking out new cabinets for our kitchen. I don't really? know that I'm going to be able to squeeze it in. But you're saying I got to I've got to see this. This is must watch television. I was really impressed. I thought that they did a very good job. OK, so you should check it out. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, Aaron Goldhammer has a theory about. 
Lionel Messi, and he's going to share it with us. So keep it here on ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight-corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get five dollars off with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S A V E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shout out to Will Smith, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'm Michelle Smallman. He's Aaron Goldhammer. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And you can always get in touch with us on social media. He's at HammerNation19. I'm at M. Smallman. Aaron Goldhammer has a theory about Lionel Messi. I don't even know where we're going with this. He just presented it just like that. I have a theory about Messi. So the floor is yours. Go for it, Aaron. How long has Messi been on Inter-Miami and in the United States? Three weeks? Two weeks? Yeah, hot minute. Something like that. Did you know he's already the fourth leading scorer in inner Miami franchise history in the two or three games, whatever it is, that he's played with them? Yeah, they, weren't, think, they weren't great. They were in the bottom of their conference. I think a couple things here are going on. One is, God bless Major League Soccer. And I've gotten more into some. I'm not sure the MLS is a top 10 soccer league in the world. Like, this is all, this kind of feels like, Michelle, imagine LeBron went to go play in, like, the Swiss Basketball Association in his the peak of his powers, or even now. Like, let's say 36-year-old LeBron. He's 38 now. Like, do you think he could have put up 100 points at a game? I kind of do. I kind of think he'd be dunking on a bunch of Swiss guys. And I think that Messi right now is toying with guys who should not be anywhere near the same soccer field as him. It's kind of hilarious to watch. The other thing that I see is that I think that the opponents, his opponents, like want to be on the same field where Messi scored. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I think nobody yet on any MLS team has said, all right, that's it. I'm standing up to this guy. I don't care that he's Lionel Messi, maybe the greatest player of all time, and I'm Dave Johnson, who played high school soccer, and now I play for the New England Revolution or whatever. And I'm even if he's faster than me, I am not going to let him score. I think it's the opposite. 
I think you're seeing all these guys on their opponent, opposing teams basically just say, hey, man, like I want to tell my grandkids that I was on the same pitch when Messi scored. So I'm just going to let him like stroll. It seems like he's taking a casual stroll through the park as he's playing, which makes me then wonder the last piece of the theory. Okay. Is this all on the up and up? What do you mean? You think that he's a plant to just get some attention I, to MLS? I, I, I wonder how much of this is like, hey, let's get Messi in the league. Mm-hmm. We'll have LeBron go. We'll have Kim Kardashian. And then if he's going to if, if he's gonna be out there, yeah, like we got to call a penalty here. Like not that it's like blatant, but that everything is slanting towards trying to get Messi as many goals as quickly as possible. Because it's a little eye-opening that he – I expected him to be better than everybody else. But mm-hmm. I also kind of expected it to be like when David Beckham or Zlatan or whenever some of these other European stars have come over. This just seems to me to be a little ridiculous that he just strolls onto the – and all of a sudden, even though he's past his prime, he's by far the greatest player that the MLS has ever seen, and it's not even close. But a what? Let's say he's 70%. A 70% Lionel Messi is still going to be – arguably the best player in almost any league that he enters. Obviously, it's different in Europe. But, yeah, the the quality the, – the MLS is a great, great league. I, I've i covered it. I watched it. St. Louis has a new team there. It's their inaugural season for St. Louis City SC, and they're crushing it, by the way. And it's a really fun and different league. But there is no player in the league that's up to the caliber of a Lionel Messi. And think why, about why this. Why is he wide open all the time, Michelle? Like, it, doesn't anyone know? Like, that's Messi. Put three guys on him. Don't let him score. So you think that these guys are just looking at him being like, I'm on the same field as the GOAT. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and I want to tell my grandchildren that I want to be the guy that he dribbles past. With his feet as he kicks in. a, And again, I'm no soccer expert, but it's just amazing to me. At some point, the Swiss guys would say, let's make somebody else on LeBron's team beat us. At some point, someone has to take the defensive approach. Like, Lionel Messi's just not scoring any goals tonight. Sorry, it's not happening. We're permanently putting a defender right in the box on him to make sure that you can't even pass him the ball. I know that the manager from Inter-Miami, Martino, he was saying that imagine what we're going to see from Messi once he gets more comfortable in this league, too. By the way, he's just getting his feet wet. If you think he's scoring left and right now, imagine what it's going to be like, you know, in a few months. Like, is anything in play a 10-goal game for him? And if someone (laughs) doesn't stand up to this guy, what do you want? Do you want to bow to Messi? Do you want his jersey? Or do you want to beat Messi? I'm challenging the MLS. Well, Inter-Miami is still at the bottom. Of the Eastern Conference. So I, I think other teams aren't too stressed about it. He's Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michelle Smallman. You're listening to Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, Joe Burrow's timeline. We'll tell you about it. Keep it here. Thanks for listening to the Canteen Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canteen Carlin, the podcast.